Welcome back to Too Long, Did Read It, everyone's favorite investigation, uncovering, dissection, reveal, turnabout, what the heck is going on, I've read it. Wow, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> is going on? If we ever have a new show, that's what we'll call it. It's called What the Heck is Going On? Yeah. <laughs> I really want to use the the show idea from the, the YouTube channel that's uh, uh, Are You Fucking Kidding Me? A show about Allison's life. I'm Gabe Dunn. We never introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah. I'm Allison Raskin. And, and normally we are joined by our fearless producer, Melissa, but um, today she, she, can't, she can't join. And, and so we will just be with her in spirit. Yeah. As if we were two ghosts. Sort of floating around her house, which I know she would love. Yeah, she would love that. If we ever become a ghost, we have to promise that we will visit Melissa because that would be her greatest gift. And no one else. And you know what? She'd see us because she believes in it. Right. That's right. how that works. I want to say that Claire Johnson has been sending us Reddit posts non-freaking-stop. And I want to give that person their feathers because... <laughs> They provided, I think, almost entirely all of these. <laughs> no, I found a bunch. Okay, yeah. But <laughs> I did a bunch of research and and comb through posts so that they're good for the show. And then you just copy and pasted suggestions. Yeah, from a fan. Yeah, that's sort of how I operate. <laughs> I want to start with one of my favorite subreddits, which is simply r slash cults. Yeah. Um, because we know mm-hmm. I'm 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 deep into into cults and what it even means. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what qualifies as a cult? And are we all in cults of our own minds? Well, that is the question. Yeah, because this one is entitled "I'm in need of clarity." Are my parents running a cult? <laughs> I think if you have to ask the question, it's yes. I shouldn't laugh. It's actually pretty sad. But here, here we go. I ask because I'm torn between the love for my parents and the unease at what they are doing. My adoptive parents started a Christian ministry in the 90s that Mm -mm. served local communities and evangelized to children in lower-income neighborhoods. It's a cult. So already we have so many problems. Already. It's not just that. It's sort of an imperialist cult. Sort of a colonizing cult. Probably, I'm going to assume, a a white savior cult. Um, Every week, for many years, they faithfully brought food and clothing to the homeless in my city. They Mm. gained legal guardianship of me and my sister at Uh the age of 11 and instilled in me a sense of compassion for those less lucky in life. Eventually, they were no longer allowed by the city to bring food to the homeless. So they moved into the country and started growing a community that focuses on rehabilitating women who have been trafficked or abused. No. I'm sorry. Why would the government not let you give food to the homeless anymore? What could have happened? Right. What could have happened? (laughs) What makes them go, this is worse to have these people give food away than to let them help? Oh, God. We're missing some steps. We're missing a lot of steps. Yeah, I know. I'm so sad. I bet the kid. I bet the kid doesn't know the full story, though. That feels obvious. Right. Yes, that's what we're missing. As they were raising me, they started a form of theophosphic counseling, okay. and they walked me through this process weekly. It was very focused on picturing Jesus in the middle of my traumatic memories and asking him to heal them. One session ended up sending me into an existential crisis that lasted for about a week. 
I still deal with the effects of that session today, 17 years later. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. Oh, no. They began to hone this practice and use it on many other people, pulling out trauma and only offering Jesus as a solution. Many people came and went during the time I was there. Most people who left were forced to leave because they disagreed with something my parents believed. Time progressed and I moved away, but I recently found a group of people denouncing my parents' ministry. Uh-oh. From the sound of it, my parents house and feed these women for a charge of $300 per month. They put these women to work on the land for what is equivalent to a full work week and then take up Friday and all day Sunday with church. I was on board until we got to working in church. I was like, $300 rent? <laughs> in this economy? <laughs> I mean, what kind of work? What kind of church? I could be into it. Uh, I doesn't. I don't think it sounds worth it. <laughs> if you're I'm not jo- even this being is paid. A satire. This is a satire of the housing crisis. <laughs> okay, this is this is important. They do not allow these women to opt out of the work. They do not allow these women access to their phones without supervision by a house leader. No. They do not allow these women to hold on to their own medication and discourage the use of medication on the grounds that it is, quote, bad for your body. Nope. And now here's where things get really interesting, Gabe. Okay. They believe owls are sent by witches to spy on them. Back on. I'm back in. Back (laughs) in, baby. Back on board. You you lost me, then you had me, then you lost me, then you had me again. I'm in. Owl cult? Owl cult, I'm in. No, it's the opposite of an owl cult. The owls are the enemy. Yeah, I know. They're anti-owl. It's an anti-owl cult. If there is an owl provision in the cult charter, I'm in. Doesn't matter if it's pro or con. (laughs) That lets me know these people are thinking. They're thinking things through. They're looking at nature. They're looking around. They're saying, what do we need to account for? And they have their eyes open. be very suspicious of. And they have their eyes peeled and their night vision goggles on. Okay. That's how they find all the owls. Exactly. So they believe the owls are sent by witches to spy on them and they cast them out whenever they see one. Terrifying (laughs) to know what that means. I feel like these people are killing innocent owls. Definitely. And also that like the, the owls are the important part and not the fact that they believe in witches who are sending owls. Like that's, we're really jumping over that. Because I thought like, well, I guess Christian people do fear witches, right? They do because it's paganism. Ah, okay. But they think that the magic is real? Yeah, they think that it's real. That's why they, that hello, that's why they killed them. That's the whole witch. Yeah. They think that it's real. And that the witch is going to like turn them into a salamander or something. Uh, I would love to be turned into a salamander. Right? Did you just (laughs) say I would be so lucky? (laughs) 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 We're both in such a dark place where I was like, I wish someone would come turn me into a newt, honestly. (laughs) I just like imagine a lot of sunbathing. Yeah. And like eating eating leaves. Newts don't have to pay taxes. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of, they fund their whole ministry with donations. My mom's books and free labor. Love to know what those books are. I was going to say, my mom, Danielle Steele. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They started with two houses on the property and have since grown to 10 houses in a massive church building with dorm-style housing on the lowest level. The houses are lavish, 
my parents' house is very large and constantly filled with new furniture, quote, healing machines, decor, vehicles, and anemones. There are What's maybe a healing machine. Well, that uh, the OP is clearly skeptical because they put it in quotes. Okay, but what does it look like? I don't know. Maybe like like what Scientology has, or like um, like maybe it's just a heart monitor, but they call it a healing machine. Doesn't Scientology kind of just like hand you like a like a Hot Wheels car and say like this is a, a futuristic machine? Like aren't no, they it's not- like these rods that you hold on to. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like something that's not like clearly not futuristic. Well, yeah, I mean, they, I think it's the same thing they've been doing for decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So there are maybe 50 people living on this land and many, many animals. We're getting Waco. Not, We're getting Waco vibes. Right? This is like really bad. This is like way worse than I thought it was going to be when I started this. <laughs> Their belief system has developed into fringe theories such as, quote, Shards of your soul go to hell and have to be redeemed. Yeah. I want to break that down. So are shards of my soul going to hell while I'm still alive? And then if I redeem myself during life, I get those pieces back so we can all go to heaven? How is that dumber than any other religion? I'm not saying that it is. Yeah. I'm just wondering if I have to redeem myself in this life or I redeem myself once I've died. Probably in this life. Yeah. Because otherwise, how do they control you? If you you can only redeem yourself after you're dead, then it's sort of like, fuck it. I'll do whatever I want on earth. They need to sort of make you believe that there's a tether between you and where you're going to go after you die. Otherwise, how do they control what you do? And I imagine if I'm like, oh, I'm feeling sad, they'll be like, well, because your shard of joy is in hell. (laughs) (laughs) My shard of joy stays in hell. My therapist is like, it sounds like you're depressed. And I'm like, bitch, my shard of joy is in hell. (laughs) It's all in hell. My shard of joy went to hell. That's new merch. My shard of joy went to hell. And all I got was this (laughs) t-shirt. Oh, that's amazing. I I would maybe wear that to sleep. Um. But only if it was very soft. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. It has become an echo chamber, and I see how this has created a hotbed for wild, unchecked theories to take root. My mother actually is very intelligent, but completely misguided. My parents saved me from a life of poverty and neglect, Mm. but they seem to have changed so starkly from the people I once knew. They truly did love people at one point, but I worry that power and money may have gotten to them. Writing all this out is very disheartening because I'm afraid I know what the answer will be, but I'm also too afraid to do anything about it. I apologize for the long post. It's hard to narrow a lifetime of experience down to a few paragraphs. Thank you in advance for your insight. Once you know it's a cult, what do you do? I think the one thing that you can say is illegal is the free labor. Yeah, like people are allowed to believe whatever they want to believe if they're not like robbing people or being violent or whatever but i feel like the 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 forced labor could be how we maybe take them down but i also don't think it's the responsibility of the kid the adopted kid to have to oh no i just mean in general like if i hear about a cult what's my next step a netflix documentary (laughs) that's how you get the word out okay what are the machines okay so op shared in the comments 
My mom buys these machines that supposedly use quantum entanglement to remotely heal your body via frequencies. Mm. They are tuned to your DNA and can, quote, cure anything. She also has a frequency dampener, I guess is what I would call it. It's supposed to guard you against cell phone radiation or something. They have just enough scientific verbiage and the illusion of exclusive access to make people fall for them. What does it look like? I don't know, but someone replied, quantum entanglement deals with electrons, protons, and neutrons. This is bullshit. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, and we, we, you and I know from our work on this show that the idea that someone has rescued you from poverty by adopting you is also used to fully guilt trip and, like, keep keep kids from, like, critically thinking about their parents and their situations re-adoption I don't think it's this kid's job to do anything I do think this is a cult and I'm gonna assume these people are white is that there is a real (laughs) element of cults that I'm sure this is very obvious to everyone else that is like hey we're white and we're gonna go after like disenfranchised people of color on purpose like Jim Jones you know I guess the thing I'm always very curious about is, like, what level of self-awareness is there? Well, that's what I'm wondering. It's interesting that, like, that the kid has seen the parents change. That they weren't at this level when the OP was a kid, but now it's, like, gotten worse and worse. And so I feel like it's that thing of, like, when can you pinpoint, oh, this has turned from well-intentioned but potentially misguided to, like, full-on nefarious (laughs) And yeah. like taking advantage. This is what I'm saying is because it's uh, like people who are coming out of sex trafficking or whatever it is, or human trafficking, like how much is it that the parents still have in their mind, oh, we're helping people versus a little bit in their mind being like, oh, good, these are the most vulnerable, so they'll stick with us. <sighs> and how much do know. the people involved, how much do they think they're really being rescued versus how much are they sort of like, even if we don't like it here, that we have nowhere to go. All of that's oh, I'm happening. I'm sure at there's once. a huge element of like that they don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, it's all like um, it's all co- combined. And also, if you're being forced to do intensive like farm labor all week and then spend all of Sunday in church, you don't really have time or energy to like examine what's going on. Like you're probably just like so mentally ex- and physically exhausted. That's on purpose. Oh, my God. That was wild. So what did people say to do? People in the comments are basically just, like, confirming that it is a cult and, like, giving some some guidance of, like, more how to, like, learn about the bite model. Yeah. um, So that, like, the OP is more familiar with this. Um, And someone said, I'm so sorry. You can love your parents but not love what they do or believe. You can commend them for the good they did for you and acknowledge that they have and are doing harm. I 100% believe your parents are running a harmful cult. I'm sorry to have to say that, but from what you said, I know you know this too. That sucks. But I felt like that was a really lovely way of of understanding that many things can be true at once. Yeah, and people seem to be responding uh, from a genuine, like, wanting to help the OP place and not a place of, like, you're a piece of shit for even questioning this. You know better, or whatever. Mm, I feel reddit it's pretty nice for the internet right (laughs) in a lot of ways i people okay i really think so i really think so 
And especially in these like niche like subreddits, like it's like, I mean, and maybe it's like because the good comments get voted up or whatever. But like a lot of times when we look at the comments, it's just like really supportive and lovely responses. I think so, too. I think Reddit has a bad a bad rap. And I'm sure like it's because there are parts of Reddit that are horrible and that like in the way that this cult feeds like insular thinking like we'll feed like incels yeah. and we'll feed like men's rights and like all sure. this stuff but like a lot of like the more like down the line communities or just like people looking to connect or help or get advice i feel like it's very supportive yeah reddit's like one of my favorite social medias <laughs> i still don't understand it. i only use it for this show oh i'm on it all the time i only comment on our subreddit i don't comment anywhere else everyone, Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. 
This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code just between us for 10% off today. Okay, so here's our next one, which is from the subreddit, you should know. Okay. <laughs> so it says, you should know. If you regularly lie to people or exaggerate events and no one has confronted you, your friends are likely aware of you lying, but choose to stay quiet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> A few times I've seen people on Reddit state different varieties of something like, I lie about little things here and there, but no one knows, which is rarely true. Most of the time, the friend group is very aware of someone lying on a regular basis, but they choose to not confront it either out of apathy or more often to not cause the liar embarrassment. So no, you are not a good liar. You just have good friends. Why okay. is this you should know? Because don't feel like you need to lie to make yourself more interesting. You're enough just the way you are. That's really sweet. It is. Um, can I tell you something I've been thinking about? I've actually been having a lot of thoughts lately. Oh, wow. Okay. Of like reassessing and like thinking about things. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, thanks. So so here's the thing. Okay. I was talking to my friend Keely about when you tell your side of the story of a disagreement. And this is very relevant to you, Allison. When you tell your side of the story about a disagreement and your side doesn't make sense and you are talking to a friend about it your friend is obligated to say oh my god that sucks like fuck them you know uh -huh. but but if and then this is also dovetailing with my new thought process about confrontation so we perceive if somebody says is that true or if somebody says is that really what they said or if somebody says um well isn't blah 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 instead of immediately being on your side and I'm guilty of this, we perceive it as a threat. We perceive it as confrontational. We perceive it as mean or as rude. And that's how I think people get away with uh, a lot of stuff. Because uh, uh, Keely was talking to me about um, getting into it with my ex. Because Keely's a lawyer and Keely has like prior knowledge of the situation, was like my ex was saying stuff and Keely was able to be like, that's not true. And like was saying like, and it's something that you could reasonably assume. I kept thinking like, how are they retelling the story in a way that people aren't like, this doesn't make any sense. And I think it's mm. that people are thinking it doesn't make any sense, but it's considered rude or confrontational or mean to be like, that doesn't make any sense. Even if they say it in a nice way, like, can you explain that again? Or if, if they say, 
hey, uh, but like, it doesn't, isn't that person entitled to X, Y, and Z because of the contract or whatever? Um, and I think like, I'm starting to realize that when someone does that, it's my own rejection sensitivity or it's my own um, unwillingness to look at the situation from another angle that makes me think that this other person is being rude if they're not immediately like, everything you've just told me is the absolute truth. I'm on your side and you're fucking right. And fuck this other person, you know? And I think that you probably have struggled with that because I think I, in the past have taken you being like, wait, but doesn't the thing say this or like, wait, but blah, blah, blah. Like I've taken that as you being confrontational towards me when you're not. Mm. Right. So we need to like rethink how we view what is confrontational between friends. Like if someone, if like your friend is like, oh yeah, I went to, you know, I went to Bora Bora this weekend. That's a very big extreme, but it's like, and you're like, did you? And they're like, if you, if they, if you say, did you, the person who's saying that is like, it's not worth it for me to say that because they're just going to take it as a confrontation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a big journey for me because has been that I went from believing it everything everyone told me at face value right. to having to become way more like discerning and kind of suspicious. I mean, me too though. Like we me. both are on that journey. <laughs> me too. Yeah. And I've definitely had situations with you where I don't know, like something you see as someone else's behavior as being like irrational. I maybe like kind of understand it or like yeah. view it differently. And then it's like, how much do I push back on that kind of thing? Yeah, same. And I think that that's like normal in friendships. But mm-hmm. I think there's a thing where you're expected to hype each other up no matter what. And yeah. like, this is what I kept saying with Keely. I was like, how are they believing this? And she was like, if someone told you that their ex did this, why would you think that that was an exaggeration? You wouldn't. So like mm-hmm. it, it's, and also even if you did lightly suspect, and I'm guilty of this with friends, like I have friends where they'll tell me about something and I'll be like, you are the villain in this story and you don't realize. <laughs> yeah. And do I push back? Maybe, but mostly not. Yeah. I mostly just go, wow, that's crazy. And then I file it away and I go, this person doesn't realize they're a villain. Maybe what we say instead of like confirming that the behavior is the way that they see it Mm -hmm. is to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're dealing with all of this. We can't control that. But I think personally, myself, I think I'm working now because I've been thinking about this this week. I'm working now on how can I change to be someone who doesn't see that as a threat and who doesn't mm-hmm. see that as negative and who doesn't see that as the person not supporting me, but rather I, I see it as an opportunity to be like, okay, this is not making sense to everyone. And maybe there's something I'm missing, or maybe there's a way that I could explain this, that, that will make sense. And that like, it's not just like my friend's job to sort of be like, yeah, and fuck that. And it, and it actually, there is something to be to beneficial and to be learned by me from someone saying, well, is that actually what happened? And not in a mean way, just in a way that's like, wait, that sounds really awful. Is that really what they did? And like, then, and then when I rethink it, I go, yeah, I guess they didn't, they, what they said wasn't actually like, I hate you, Gabe, and I hope you should die. They just said like, (laughs) they can't hang out on Tuesday. You know what I mean? This is growth. It is. It's great. It's great to be aware of that stuff. 
I'm thinking about stuff all the time. Were you not before? But like, no, but like, this is my new thing is I'm like, I'm lear- I'm thinking about rejection and, and, and um, confrontation a lot and like rethinking, being more open to, like I said, just, just taking things as opportunities. Hmm. Opportunities for growth. Yeah. And for saying like, like, well, I'll be like, and this person told me this, which means they fucking hate me. And you're like, I don't think they hate you. I think they're just like busy. And I'm like, Ugh, why is Allison not supporting me? <laughs> but that's like not real. I just need to like, I just need to like cool off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's hard. and if you say that doesn't make sense, then I have to think about, does it make sense? Am I think, am I clouded looking at this in a way that isn't real? Well, that's the big thing is like we view things very like uh, we view things very subjectively. I know. Because we put our own lens on everyone else's behavior and actions. I know. But what if what if we became open? Because I think now there's like such a, a thing about like confrontation or gaslighting or all these big words where it's like mm-hmm. if I said – well, what about this? And then you said, well, is that what happened? I could reasonably be like, oh, this person's gaslighting me. But they're not gaslighting you. They're just asking a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. And I love a follow-up question. I know you do. And I, and I have to learn that it's not personal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that it gives me the opportunity to be like, wait, did I misunderstand what this person was doing? Or for me to go, oh, if I didn't misunderstand, how can I better explain or express what this person did and why it was bad? Yeah. I also find with myself, like, my tolerance for other people is so based on my own mental health of that day. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, things that, like, wouldn't bother me that much, like, can really piss me off at other times and moments. If you do have a friend that's doing this kind of thing, or if you are the person who does this, I would take a breather and think about how if somebody asks you a follow-up question, it's not an attack. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my that's my last couple weeks thought. I have a lot of thoughts that I'm coming I'm thinking about now and like and like reflecting. That's what, what are the is. other I'm not, thoughts? I'm not thinking because you're thinking all the time, but I am reflecting. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that's one of them. That's a big one. I have to, I can't what remember. What are your other breakthroughs? That, this is related. So codependency, okay. codependency mm-hmm. is needing the other person to be on your same emotional level at all times. Otherwise it's a, an affront to you. So for hmm. example, if you are, if you are with someone and they're having a bad day and you're having a good day, it's codependent to be like, Why are you having a good day when I'm having a bad day? An aspect of codependency that I've been thinking about, because I'm thinking about codependency a lot, is that, and I'm sure I didn't invent this, the other person that you're with in your life, friend or partner or sibling or whatever, parent, you need, they need you to be on their exact same wavelength or it's insulting. Hmm. You know what I mean? Which dovetails to what I was saying, where it's like, if you come in hot and you're like, fuck my boss. And then like your, you know, partner is like, well, I don't know. Like, what did they actually do? Then you're like, why is my partner not feeling the exact same way as me about this thing? Or it would be like really disorienting, like to um someone like who's codependent to be like, 
oh, I really hate, this is small, but like, oh, I really hate this actor. And then like their, you know, their partner's like, oh, I don't mind. I, I like him. I think he's good and stuff. And then that's like horrible and insulting and a personal problem for the person who's codependent. Do you want to know something hilarious? What? My mom hates Jessica Chastain. <laughs> why? There's nothing. Wrong I have with no her. idea why. I find her delightful. Yeah. But she gets very upset when she sees Jessica Chastain. I think she's great. I think she's great. But to mess with her, last year we like get all these trashy like magazines when we go to Mexico. And there was like the gossip magazines. And um I there was like a photo of Jessica Chastain, and so I cut it out of the magazine and I like left it but with her stuff. <gasps> I wonder why certain people, um, like actors who've not really done anything wrong, why they rub certain people the wrong way. Yeah, I guess he just doesn't like her presence. I don't know. It's so funny. That is really like funny. she was watching like the Emmys or the uh, something recently, Golden Globes, and she was like, oh, and she was like watching the red carpet. And she was like, oh, there's Jessica Chastain. <laughs> she is like absolutely lovely. I know. <laughs> wow. Should we play? Should we play Reddit or not? Whose whose turn is it? I guess yours because I did tiny salads. I think. Oh right, right, right. Okay, I will do the physics. Oh, here we go. The physics of dying. Oh, that's going to be a definite thing because you know that you know that thing where um, like you lose seven pounds. That movie with uh, Will Smith, Seven Pounds. Do you know what, what? I'm talking about? It's like um, you're, you're, when you die, your body loses seven pounds. Am I making this up? Immediately? Something, yeah. I don't think that's true. Okay, our consciousness. Consciousness after death and quantum physics. Ooh. Personal speculation. A few days ago, I was lying in my bed when some thoughts came into my head about what happens to us after we die. I wasn't thinking about quantum physics at all at the time. In fact, I wasn't really thinking about anything at all. So I was surprised when these thoughts came into my head seemingly unprompted. I just let the thoughts come until they stopped. And the gist of it was when you die, the particles that make up your body start to scatter, but they maintain some type of connection to each other. I got the strong impression that it was a quantum entanglement thing. As the particles spread out, so too does your consciousness, and you become part of whatever the particles end up in. I'm probably not explaining this well, making it seem like some pseudoscientific nonsense, but it seemed really simple. And then some people are like, science is too science to explain anything useful. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's wild. Science is too science, science is too to science explain anything useful. To explain useful. anything reasonable. That's our that's our other big takeaway. I know. Of today. I know. <laughs> Which is probably the wrong takeaway to have, especially in this age of hating science and disinformation. I know. And disinformation, but it is quite catchy. Physics ruled out the human soul at a particle level. All he said what? is there's no evidence for it. There's no way any met metaphysical claim can ever be ruled out this way. Okay, so people are just saying it's clickbait and that nobody ever said that. Wow. Well, we fell forward and got, I got pretty upset. I was like, whoa. <laughs> 
Well, thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back on Wednesday with a full episode of Just Between Us that you can listen to ad-free on our Patreon at patreon.com slash justbetweenus. And we will be back on Monday with another full episode of Too Long, Did Read It. And you can watch the video of these episodes also if you join our Patreon, which is only $3 a month for eight ad-free episodes a month. I mean, what a steal. Plus videos. Plus videos and occasionally a baby photo. And Patreon hangs. That's true. Yeah, you can come hang out with us. Well, we'll be back soon. And in the meantime, science is not useful. Science is too science to explain anything useful. Yes. Let's all think about that <laughs> and then and then throw it out. <laughs> Bye. Just Between Us is a Gallison production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabe Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond Emprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. Join our Patreon to watch full episodes and listen ad-free. The link is in the description. And make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Discord, and Reddit. 